So you're telling me that they could make a dinosaur. I don't know about, like, I don't, they can make a, like, they just found a mammoth. Did you see that post I posted about yeah, a mammoth? They found a baby, a baby mammoth. mammoth. They could make a new mammoth out of that. I believe by, that. By cross, like, using DNA from, like, an elephant. It won't be, like, a full-blooded, it won't be, like, a full-blooded mammoth. Oh, it'll be, it'll be a, it'll be like a, a, mutt? a cross between a mammoth and an elephant. But the only way to get a true mammoth is if you breed two mammoths. I just think that's wild. Like, what if, what if, what if we got dinosaurs one day? Like, that's actually real. Do you have a neighbor? I'm going to tell you my neighborhood story. How about that? This is our True Crime Paranormal podcast. Who told the second one? You or me? I I did, but then I oh. never did on the second re- on the third recording. Dang it. it! It's okay. I will tell it to you now. How about that? That sounds fantastic. This is our our paranormal and true crime podcast. That is Bree, and that is Amy, and this is what's with the neighbors. What's with the neighbors? We're all over the place right now. But so here's my neighborhood story. It's titled "Dinner Tonight." Carson and myself will be grilling burgers tonight and would love for all of the single ladies to join us. (laughs) And then someone commented, named Carol, and her picture is a very elderly woman. And she says, age limit, question mark. (laughs) I just want to be there for the food. (laughs) I want to be there for the food. Also, are you into older women? I love Carol. I love Carol. Carol's the best. So what I was going to go off of, off of that story or off of this neighborhood story was I did a a Walmart pickup the other day and I almost called you right away to tell you about it because I thought it was very funny and out of the blue, but I was like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. So the guy that was putting the groceries into the car, he like put the last thing in the car and he looked at me and he said, how do I get a girl? And I was like, <laughs> "What? like, I don't romantically or are you just like wanting to kidnap one? What? I don't, I don't. I can tell you all about having kids. I can tell you both. <laughs> But I assumed he was being innocent and wanted to know, like, how to get a girl romantically. So I told him, I was like, you be genuine, you know, be funny but and confident, but not in that, you know, jerky way, you know. I thought it was very sweet. But then he was like, I didn't mean you. And I was like, (laughs) didn't think you were thinking that. I probably could be your mother. Like, I'm that old to you. Oh, it's so sweet. How do I get a girl? It was so awkward and I was just like, I don't know how to feel about this. What just happened? And then you just insulted me by saying You should have told him that we have a true crime and paranormal podcast. I it's not have. like a like a, a advice from Amy podcast, love advice from Amy podcast. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I 
Uh, that's not the field I'm in. I, I fell in love with a guy I met in high school. I don't really know how to get a girl. <laughs> Especially nowadays. Everything's different. Everything's so weird. <laughs> so um, if you guys know how to get a girl, please let us know because someone at Walmart wants to know and I don't. <laughs> I don't also, know. Also, shout out to the Walmart pickup guy who wants. <laughs> yeah. I hope you get the girl, dude. I bet he had such courage to Aww. ask a yeah, girl. Exactly. That was yeah, pretty exactly. cool. Shout yeah. out. I hope you get your girl, dude. Yeah. As long as you're not a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Uh, okay. Do you have a neighborhood? Uh, uh, yes, already... I have a spooky story for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, so I was listening to another podcast when I heard this story, and I wanted to tell it as well. I've been wanting I've been wanting you to do this story. Really? Yes. <gasps> Yay. But I never, like, mentioned it because I was like, well, like, you know. Uh, it was some of the facts were a little wonky yeah really just a little bit okay um so i'm going to tell you about lake lanier in georgia Georgia. which is actually like it's also like runs with like three other states like alabama and south carolina and florida really yeah i think it's south carolina was the other one it might just be alabama and florida anyway so uh here's here it is so this is one of the America's most deadly lakes. Oh, this is I'm so excited for this. <laughs> the lake is well known for its aqua blue waters and even has been used for the Netflix series Ozark as like their like their Really? Yeah, it wasn't always the Ozarks that they filmed on. It was I a lot of it was like linear. Yeah. Um the lake wa- is well known for I just read that. Uh, the year was 1947, and the U.S. government was given the great responsibility to construct the Buford Dam on the Chattahoochee River. Chattahoochee. Way back on around the Chattahoochee. Um, in order to do this task uh, meant that they had to create a man-made lake. Its purpose would be to prevent floods and to provide hydroelectricity to Atlanta, Georgia, which was about like 60 miles away. In order to do so, they needed a lot of land in a short amount of time. Wow. So in a matter of just a few years, 39,000 acres of already occupied and established farmland was acquired from its residents for a small amount of money, which That's I'm not going to... super frustrating. It's it's super sketchy because I'm, I'm not going to get too much into it, but, like, some of the things that I watched and read were, like, they may have not actually gotten money for it and they yeah. were just, like, kicked out. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that for sure. Uh, whether by force yeah, or not... Yeah, who's going to admit that? Exactly. Not the government. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, that's 250 families, 15 businesses, a racetrack, and even 20 cemeteries were relocated. And even a highway, too, eventually was abandoned due to its distance to the shoreline. Uh, construction officially began in 1950, finally coming to an end in 1957 or 56, both the years were said. Right. Uh, stretching over 692 miles of shoreline and costing $45 million dollars. It was named Lake Lanier after the poet and Confederate Army veteran Sidney Lanier. Oh. So, yeah, he was. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's. I'm surprised t- I haven't changed that. I know. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll see. Yeah, someday. Let's dive deep into this. Dive. dive. 
Thank you for realizing my pun. Uh, <laughs> since its creation, Lake Lanier has had an estimation of 500 to 700 deaths, ranging from boating collisions, drownings, freak accidents, and 27 unrecovered bodies Bro. are in that lake somewhere. Uh, the lake was never intended to be for recreational use, and now they offer things like boating docks, campgrounds, horse stables, beaches, golf course, a hotel, a water park, and, of course, a party boat. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, now it's like tourist heaven. Well, Or okay. hell. I don't understand if you're not wanting people to, like, have a re- recreational there, recreation there, then like say don't do it yeah like i don't it's a good way to make money though yeah it's oh a heck great yeah. way to... i'm sure they make thousands millions more than... yeah more than thousands because <laughs> like around eight million tourists visit it per year yeah and the state cleans up the lake the state you know although it and runs the lake 2019 it was like pretty dirty and gross and it was very dangerous like contamination levels Ew, that's disgusting um also, prior to the existence of the lake, the former residents had just like up and left their homes, like, and the and their businesses. So a lot of the buildings and structures just stayed there. And, oh, they filled it in. Yeah, yeah. And trees, they said like trees that were under thirty five feet, they just kept them. Yep. They were like, if they're under thirty five feet, they can stay there. That happened to a it town. Sucks. Yeah, Stupid. but that actually happened to uh, a man made lake that. I grew up near called Whiskey Town Lake. There's a town underneath the lake. What? Yeah. Because they just they just filled it in. Why? That's so like cost probably because yeah. they were trying to But this, it's yeah. it pollutes the lake yeah. first off. But and I'm sure at that time that lake wasn't supposed to be a, uh, a recreation yeah. area, but now it is. I wonder if it was also built because this was in during the Great Depression and they're no trying idea. to keep costs down, I'm sure. So And there's a dam there. Yeah. Yeah. I you should look into that like sorry. <clears throat> Go ahead. The the Whiskey one, Town. Whiskey Town. Yeah. I like its name. <laughs> so it's essentially an underwater city. Apparently that one is too. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm just gonna go over like I there's so many deaths there all the time that I'm not I'm obviously I can't mention everything, but right. I'm gonna mention the ones that kinda stick out and that are known. Um and also, like, traumatic things that have happened in the area. Okay. So every year, many people become victim to the Lake Lanier. In fact, based on statistics with all the deaths there, they have been – it's it's stated that, like, six to set or seven to eight people have died per year there. Like, if that's, they were, like, to round that up in statistics. That's too many. Statistics. Statistics. S's are killing me today, man. It's okay. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Statistics, statistics. I always stumble over it, and now I can't. Horror, horror. It's horror, 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 horror. Okay, statistics. Sorry. Okay, so number one. Welcome to our pronunciation. (laughs) We are learning how to talk. There is an ancient. There was an ancient burial ground there. Uh, along with all the messed up stuff we have. Uh, uh, I hate that. I'm going to tell you about Lake Lanier. sits on an old ancient Cheri- Cherokee tribe lands, um, which were forced to relocate in like the 1800s, and Native American burial mounds were discovered here, oh, and no. then they were flooded with water. So, like, they just, like, disrespectful, man. Yeah. 
Oops. Now we're going to talk about Oscarville. Uh, before Lake Lanier lived a town called Oscarville, it was a strong, tight-knit community of uh, 1,098 African Americans. They were mm-hmm. just, like, all there trying to start, like, a whole new, like, get out of slavery. Let's start new. Let's get fresh. Yeah. Um, they were essentially, like, displaying this whole fresh start. They had businesses, a church, and even a school. So they were pretty well established. However, at the time, the white residents of a town nearby. I like how you rolled your eyes. I know. White. white. Gosh, you guys made us look bad. <laughs> uh, you jerks. Um, they were threatened by this. They saw this as a threat. And after a body of a white woman turned up who had been brutally raped and beaten to death, allegations arose blaming one of the residents of oscarville wow this resulted in a mob forming violently and they eventually did kill him bro yeah uh over the next few years the town was terrorized by a group called the night riders whose goal was to run everyone out dead or alive soon becoming a ghost town wow this town was one of many that were drowned and forgotten by lake lanier Oh my so, gosh. It, it wasn't, there was no one there whenever Lake Lanier, whenever they started kicking everybody out, but yeah. I felt that it was on the ground and it was worth mentioning. Yeah. So. Stop. Now we're going to talk about the most famous legend there, the Lady of the Lake. <gasps> Lady of the Lake. In 1958, just two or so years after the lake had been filled, Delia Young and a Susie Roberts fled a gas station without paying. Sorry, this is a little true crimey. Ooh. Um, they were on their way to town to a town called uh, Dawsonville, and that night was the last time they they were ever seen alive. Oh my until gosh! Eight, Eighteen months later, at least, uh, a local fisherman spotted a decomposing body or a woman beneath Jerry Jackson Bridge. The body was floating along the surface of the water, bloated, missing two toes from the left foot, and also missing her hands possibly like wrapped i don't know maybe they had her like hands like wrapped up and then like they fell off from being could be wrapped in the water i don't know also fish eat stuff yeah the body was so bad that the coroners were unable to identify the body but the locals suspected it was delia's (laughs) since there was no definite way to tell her body was put in an unmarked grave Fast forward to 34 years later, when renovations began on the bridge. Okay. The construction. I'm not you're you, fi- I'm sorry. No, I was making sure you weren't about to cough. Oh. Uh, the construction construction workers, uh, they like flooded the lake at that part uh-huh. to put in new pillars. Okay. They discovered an old 1954 Ford. Oh my gosh. At the bottom of the lake, and inside were the bones of Susie Roberts. So finally, like, they were like, okay, so now we can assume that the other body was definitely Delia's. Wow. So they marked Delia's grave, and I saw in one of the stories that I read that they put her name, and then they also put Lady of the Lake on her grave. I don't know if that's absolutely true. I want to believe that because I think that's badass. Yeah. So, yeah. I will get into that one a little bit in a few. Okay. So you just know that story. Okay. Uh, also, 
boats will randomly like capsize for no reason. I hate that. Yeah, they just, I don't know if they're just running into things. People say that they don't see anything that they run into. Yeah. Um, or like storms will just come out of nowhere and capsize boats. But for at least, I know, for at least two decades, a 40-foot steel-hauled boat had been frozen in a place below the surface of Lake Lanier. The boat appeared to have been lived in with 30 broken chairs and other items, but no one was ever uh, seen trying to go get it or anything or, like, searching for it or putting ads out or anything. And for a long time, it was, like, a creepy landmark for people. It was just sitting there until 2009 it was finally removed. Like, no one knows where this boat came from, whose it was, or anything. It was just a mystery boat. Yeah. In 2017, a Buck Buchanan, who was a diver, uh, had been diving for a long time, stated in an interview that he felt an eerie sensation from the lake and that sometimes one reaches out into the murky area and they will feel a leg or an arm... (gasps) And just and it just doesn't move. Like how how do you be okay with that? He's just like, like uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you feel happens. legs, sometimes you feel arm. Doesn't move, but yeah, it's fine. It just pull back just, up to the just, surface. Just keep swimming. It's fine. Just keep swimming. What? <laughs> um. Also, I had found some things about unrecovered uh, death, like bodies. Yeah. Um. Just over the past Fourth of July weekend, a forty-year-old man drowned in the lake along with four others since memorial day weekend that, that not even a whole year? year yeah like just just like the other day someone drowned like uh, a few days ago actually what the heck yeah like every week someone i swear to god it's like every week someone dies there in the summertime it's crazy why are people going there five people had died there since memorial day weekend and fourth of july that's, that's five too many yeah and why then are other people, people still going to this lake dude um, and also usher's son usher you know rb yeah. singer his stepson passed away after suffering from inner in injuries when a jet ski collided with his inner tube poor baby which that's really sad. I, I knew he lost a son but i didn't realize that's how he lost him and that's really sad yeah yeah um so this is what i was just about to talk about um may 9th of 2019 two boaters went missing after a boat crash the body of one of the boaters 59 year old uh this is a very confusing name Bransonvalve, i don't know was recovered Sounds but Russian. <laughs> yeah but the second body has not been found dum, oh dum, dum. There's so many of these. I just picked like two of them, though. Yeah. There's so many of these. The body has not been found. Body has not been recovered. Uh, 28-year-old How deep man, is this lake? It, it goes, it can go up to like 100 feet. Uh, Like they'll say like there's like an eight foot, maybe six foot of walking. And then like it just drops down to like uh, however many feet. Just yeah. down like super deep. Like deep, And you deep don't know canyons. where. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't know where it's going to drop at. And there's, like, warnings everywhere about it. Oh, my god! And that's how a lot of people drown. Uh, also, in 2019, on June 30th, a 28-year-old man, Corey Brown, died after jumping in the Lake Lanier to save a distressed friend. The man was said to have jumped in the water and never appeared again. Oh, my god! Even sonar devices couldn't find him. Wow. Which is, like, terrifying, like. Um, well, I don't know why people are still going to this lake. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just. I. I mean, I want to go there. I don't no. want to swim there. 
Oh, like to I want to get it. Yeah, I just I just want to. Yeah, um, I just want to get the vibes. <laughs> get the vibes. So there are quite a few legends here. After Delia and Susie had gone missing, the old legend. Yeah. The body was found, which locals suspected it was Delia, but it was impossible to identify, as I said. Sure. The reason they knew it was her was because many drivers on State Route 53 had seen her after she had gone missing as a ghostly, handless apparition going down the highway in a blue dress. Oh, my gosh. As the years went on, this became a local legend. Visiting that bridge became a dare for thrill seekers and like a rite of passage type thing we all have one yeah uh since then many claim to see her roaming the waters looking lost Uh... one night uh while fishing two men had seen a white raft on the lake being pushed by a shadowy figure with a pole and a swinging lantern on the boat spooky Uh... Uh, the man then yelled something at the fishermen but they were so far away they couldn't understand him so the man jumped into the water and started like violently swimming to him and when they shined their flashlight over he was just gone what um other people have claimed that there are evil catfish at the bottom of the lake I love big that. enough to swallow your entire dog oh that's fun no yeah <laughs> that makes me think of sturgeon what sturgeon what's that they're bottom feeders and they can get at like the size of a school bus. Oh wow, they're that's huge! Cool. And the lake that's near where I grew up, called Chesa Lake, they have many sturgeon. Oh. Can that... you eat them? Probably not good to eat. Uh, yeah, I've heard people catching them. I don't know. I'm sure there's like a certain way that you can make it taste good, but that was like always my fear swimming. Is that a fish is gonna eat you? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, when we go to Sh- when we would go to Shasta Lake, and sometimes my parents would uh, fish near the dam, because that was the deepest part of the lake, right? And that's where they I thought they would be as a kid, like the deepest part of the lake. Of course, I'd be terrified. They're not gonna swimming. come to the surface though. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, a huge bus is gonna eat me. <laughs> I love the things that we feared as kids. I know. I mean, that's a legitimate fear, though. Yeah, you should look I it up. I would be terrified. They're huge. Oh. And it's like shocking that they're in a lake. Sturgeon? Sturgeon. That's what I think of when you said that there would be like evil catfish. Also, people who swim in the lake have claimed they feel could feel a hand grab out for them or even the feeling of being pulled uh, underneath the water and the air being taken out of their lungs um and just like they're surviving a drowning oh my gosh Uh, a paranormal investigator bart glabman visited the lake and brought emf detectors in a ghost box the emf reader the emf reader lit up multiple times and the ghost box picked up a clear female voice saying hello Oh, interesting. Orbs and mists have apparently been caught in pictures. Disembodied voices have been heard. Footsteps. And lastly, some reports of feeling an eerie presence like someone is watching you. Uh, Lake Lanier is still open to the public today. It is still extremely hazardous and perhaps cursed, maybe? Yeah. Uh, locals advise are advised to stay away. Or locals advise people to stay away from Death Lake locals do not like it no but if you are dying to go 
they do have a ghost hunt lake tour that Ooh, they did. Exciting. Yeah, or at least they did it in the past. I stumbled upon it and I was like, ooh. Um, I want to go on it. Yeah. Also, if you go to Lake Lanier, be responsible. Like, think about, like, all the deaths that have happened. Yeah. It's a party central place. Like, people are going there to drink, to go be uh, out okay. in the sun all day. So, I mean, a lot of these deaths could be easily related to alcohol and not thinking exposure <laughs> yeah. yeah um so make sure you're knowing what you're doing while you're operating a boat um be respectful of other boats wear a life jacket and designate a sober driver and if you are drinking hydrate and lastly supervise your children at all times because kids die there all the time so i hate that so much yeah <laughs> we're not going there if, <laughs> if the tour is still happening and when we go on tour and we decide to go there, if it's if the tour is on a boat, we're not going. We must stay on land at but all But the times. party boat's on a boat. I don't want to go on a party they boat. Get, it's, it's a I professional. I don't. This isn't like Titanic. I'm a good swimmer. Let me tell I am you. I a fantastic hold swimmer. Hold on a second. Real quick. The Titanic, the people that ran... The, the what is the, the captain? I bet he was a professional. Yeah, but Titanic was also like doing stupid stuff, like going way too fast. Dude, I'm just saying we should go on a party boat. I here. am not going on a party I boat. I don't want to go on, on the paranormal lake. tour. I just want to go on the party boat. I'm not you go by yourself. I just missed drinking on a boat all day. That is the best feeling ever. Going on a pontoon boat and just laying in the water all day, like staying at like a little bit of a buzz. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Never done that. I miss it so much. Josh's parents have a pontoon boat. And we have so much fun whenever they came to Florida. Oh, I've never done that. So I wouldn't know. They're the best. Well, have fun. I will stay on shore and wave at you like, bye. Bye, Brie. See you never. Hope you love your bodies. Wear a life vest. Please. Yeah. <laughs> life vests are very important. Okay. If we wear a life vest, we could go, right? Cool. Awesome. All right. I, I want to like hear a story about murder. Life vest, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why people die because they're little brats. Okay. Let me tell you. I have a story. It's a listener request. Um, Susan Smith. Um, so thank you to the listener that asked me to do this story. You asked me a couple times to do this one, and I've been reluctant to do it because I knew about the murder and I was like I really it's just such a awful awful way for two young children to die so I was like I really don't want to it sounds very depressing but today I was like or this episode I decided to do it and I'm actually really glad I'm doing it yay yay so thank you for suggesting and not giving up on me so uh, I'm going to tell you about Susan Smith. Oh. So, su- such a common name. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> so Susan was born on September 26, 1971 in Union, South Carolina. Carolina. To the parents Palmetto. of... Palmetto. Sorry. <laughs> to uh, the parents of Linda Sue Harrison and Harry Ray Vaughn. Uh, Susan was very close to her father. She, uh, she would like light up when he would walk into the room. She loved her daddy's dad. girl. Yeah, little daddy's girl. 
Although Susan and her father were close, the family was very dysfunctional. Linda and Harry uh, married at a very young age, and they were, like, awful to each other, super toxic to one another. They were always fighting, threatening one another, which actually caused Harry's son, Susan's stepbrother, to attempt uh, suicide by hanging himself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and after that he was like in and out of mental ho- hospitals he Jeez. like growing up he was always getting treated unfortunately her parents ended up divorcing in 1977 which led her dad to drink heavily and ended up killing himself when oh she was gosh. just 6 years old on January 15th 1978 oh my gosh yeah her mom remarried to a man named Beverly Russell aka Bev I also, if I was a man, would not want to be called Beverly. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Uh, He was a member of the local chapter of the Christian Coalition, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds like... Sounds like fun. Sounds like a cult. Yes, it does. (laughs) Uh, They moved into a modest modest three-bedroom home outside of Union in the Mount Vernon Estates. Although she had an awful childhood, she actually excelled in school. In high school. Yeah. In high school, she was a member of the Beta Beta Club, which was a club for students with a grade point average of B or higher. She also was a member of the Math, Spanish, and Red Cross Clubs. Dang. Yeah. She really threw herself into school. Uh, She even volunteered at the union's annual special olympics and volunteered at nursing homes in high school she was voted president of the junior citizen club which is a club at school that volunteered work in the community in 1986 to 1988 her and her best friend volunteered as candy stripers at the wallace thompson hospital in union nice yeah my mom used to do that um yeah yeah candy the candy striper yep in 1989, her senior year of high school, she was vo- voted the friendliest female. Aww. Yeah. And despite all of her wonderful achievements she had made in her life at home, there was a completely different story. Her stepdad started molesting her at a young Ugh. age, causing her to attempt suicide at 13. And so it made me think of, like, the happiest people aren't always the happiest people. Yeah. Yeah, you don't always know what's going on. Yeah, it was really sad. But he groomed... It's easy to put on a face. Yep. He groomed her, and as she got older in her teenage years, her and her mother seemed to compete for Bev's, her stepdad's attention. Um, And I also read a few different sources with a, a few different responses. Some said that the abuse started, uh, didn't start until she was 16, but some said it started when she was at a young age. Okay. So I'm not positive about that. But, and during her trial, which I'll mention later, uh, he actually stated that he never stopped abusing her. Jeez. Like well into he her 20s. It. Yeah. At one point, Susan told her guidance counselor, uh, about the abuse and the family went to four different therapy sessions and then quit 
and he actually moved out for a bit because of it and that didn't last he moved back in and no charges were ever brought to him oh my gosh of course not even after being in therapy yep so don't they have to report that kind of stuff i there was an investigation going on about it but nothing came of it so and even at one point like as she was older, like in her 20s and 30s, she said that it was consensual. So I'm not. There's a couple different reports. Yeah, but there's a whole lot of like, you know, like the. Grooming. Well, like the. What is it where you're kidnapped and you because you like mm-hmm. fall in love with your. What is that called? Uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, it's yeah. like it could be like Stockholm Syndrome yeah. where she just like, yeah, got it, comfortable exactly, with it. Exactly. Yes. Is that what grooming essentially yeah. is? Okay. Yeah. So that's. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't know. But regardless, shouldn't have been happening. No. So uh, so she graduated high school and she got into a relationship with a married man. She seemed pretty happy until he ended the relationship with her and she attempted to take her own life again. Again. Yeah. Um, she then met David Smith the summer of 1990 at the age of 19. David was engaged to another woman and considered his relationship with Susan just casual. So, but you're engaged with the, to another woman. Yeah, that's not okay. No. So she seemed to really like that, like out of reach type of. Yeah, and I'm sure it right. has a lot to do with the way How she, was, she raised. was raised. Yeah. Um, but after dating for about a year in January of 1991, she found out she was pregnant. So David broke things off with his fiance. Nine days after David's brother died from complications of Crohn's d- disease, David and Susan got married. Uh, no one wanted to go through with the wedding because they, they wanted to put it off They're because of the mourning. death. Yeah. But her mother insisted it happen anyways because she did not want people to find out her daughter got pregnant out of wedlock. Oh, my gosh. How she was, terrible. Yeah. So, at the time, she was 19 and only two months pregnant. So, she wasn't showing yet. Right. And so, she, the mom's like, no, we're doing this now. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. That sounds awful. Literally a shotgun wedding. Yeah. So, her and, her and David had a pretty rocky relationship. They both cheated on each other constantly. Of course. That's how they started. Yeah. Uh, They were not stable at all, like I said, and even when, after they had kids, they would use the kids as pawns, like, well, you can't see, yeah, you can't see the kids because you're not with me, like, just awful things like that, yeah. Unfortunately, Susan didn't tell him she suffered from depression and dependent personality disorder, which is a type of anxious personality disorder. People with it often feel helpless. Uh, submissive or incapable of taking care of themselves and they often rely on their loved ones to help them make simple decisions like what color should we paint the wall and just simple simple things right. um unfortunately and i mean it was the early 90s and so depression was kind of taboo to talk about mm-hmm. but regardless he didn't know about it uh through their ups and downs, or regardless of their up and, ups and downs, they ended up having a second son, Alexander Tyler, on August 5th, 1993. Uh, this reun- reunited the couple, and they set aside their differences. They brought they brought this new baby home, and they seemed to be just on cloud nine. Um, you know, new, fresh start right. for them. 
But just three weeks later, they both decided to end their relationship. Oh, my gosh. And they're like, this is over for good now. Jeez. David moved out, and they both agreed they could not continue to do this. Despite their marriage frustrations, they were both devoted parents and adored their children. So Susan got a job as an, an assistant to the executive secretary, J. Carey Finlay who was the president and CEO of Conso. I don't know what type of company that is. I really didn't feel like no looking idea. into it. Uh, she really enjoyed working at Conso. She liked her job and the people she worked with, especially Tom Finley, Jay Carey's son. He was 27 years old and had a college education. He was the head of the graphics design team for his daddy's company. Ooh. Yeah. He was also Union's most eligible bachelor, uh-huh. making him popular with the ladies. Uh, she was convinced she would find stability with time. Not only could he support her financially, but she felt like she could actually have a stable relationship with him. During the spring and early summer of 1994, Susan and David tried one last time at their marriage. Uh, David moved back in and she said she would stop or he would stop seeing his girlfriend, Tiffany, which was convenient for Susan because her and Tom had just broken it off. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they were like, but our kids need both. She just doesn't want to be alone. Yeah. So not even four months later, though, they were separated again. God. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, David moved out. He got a two-bedroom apartment and filled it with all new furniture for him and his boys. And Susan went back to Tom. And she even had divorce papers written up and served to David. And a month later, on October 21st, they were filed of that year. So that relationship seems to be finally over. She was like, I'm going to be with Tom now. Like, this is it. Cutting it off. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for her, literally two days after she, the papers were finally uh, filed and finalized for her divorce, she got a letter from Tom. And it was a Dear John letter. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, in the letter, it explained he did not want children, let alone a ready-made family. Oh, my gosh. He also was worried about her background and her view on men, and he didn't see how their relationship could be stable, and she was too needy and obsessive. Wow. (laughs) That's like a text. Like, nowadays, it would be a text. That would be a text, yeah. So, Susan quickly fell into a depressive state. She was manic and anxious. She would take full days off of work just to dedicate to drinking which isn't was an unusual behavior for her so he just abandoned her and the kids this was from tom oh tom that's right that's right yeah okay yeah so so she had no one else to fall on correct no no other guy because she divorced her backup's gone yeah got it exactly so susan on october 25th 1994 susan got up and got dressed She fed her children breakfast and then took them to daycare. She went to work, and at work, she did a lot of lying to Tom. Like, she did a lot of, like, weird, like, manipulative things with him that day. She met with him and said that she slept with his father 
And then at one point she said David was going to expose her about cheating the IRS. What? Just unusual, unnecessary yeah. lies just to get Out his of the attention. Blue. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, she left work early and, like, she met with someone from work and that person convinced her to come back and tell Tom that she was lying. Like, just a lot of – that whole day could be, like, an entire movie of just drama. That's weird. Yeah. And I was like, I don't I don't feel like I need to put all yeah. of that in here. So it was just a lot of unnecessary just, lying right. to get his just attention. very acting yeah. strange. Yes. So at 9 p.m. that night, a resident of the name of Shirley McLeod was watching TV in her living room about a quarter mile from John D. Long Lake. She heard someone yelling outside her front door. She opened it and found Susan sobbing uncontrollably. Are you okay? Yeah, I just know what happens. Yeah. Uh, she was saying, please help me, please help me. He's got my kids and he's got my car. Uh, Susan claimed a black man had stolen her car and kids. So Shirley, her husband and son called 911. When police arrived, she told them that she had stopped at a red light at Mar Marnark Mills and a black man jumped in and told her to drive. She asked him why she was doing this and he said, shut up and drive or I will kill you. He, she said he directed her to a sign for the lake and then told her to get out. She asked him, asked him to take her kids. She asked to take her kids and he claimed he did not have time. He then pushed her out of the car while pointing a gun at her side. And once she was out of the car, he said, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt your kids. Okay. So for nine days, Susan made pleas on national television for her children's safe return home. She had brought... You know, bought the nation's sympathy. I mean, as one would. Right. Um, however, by the second day, the police believed that she had actually murdered her children. <sighs> they searched the nearby lakes, but only looked within 30 feet of the shore, which I thought was interesting. Um, they also found some holes in her statement, and it seemed like her story was changing every time she was questioned. Which is not surprising. Yeah. She claimed that she had to stop at the stop light. And that's how that gentleman got in. However, she said that there was no vehicles in sight, but the light would have been green. Right. Unless there was a car passing by. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so she took a polygraph test, which ended up being inconclusive. Um, and something that I found interesting was she during the nine days, she would often ask her friends if Tom was going to come see her. And they're like, Ooh, that's weird. Like, why, why are, are you not, worried about yeah, Tom? Yeah, you, your children are... Are missing. Yeah. You should be worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. But Susan, getting desperate for a specific person's attention, ended up confessing what really happened to her children because she wasn't getting the attention from him. And the, the police were really just anxious and narrowing in on her. Right. So... Uh, she said she ended up confessing and said on November 3rd, 1994, she told the police she parked her vehicle on the shore of John D. Long Lake, got out of her vehicle and put it in neutral and let it roll into the lake, drowning her two sons inside. Stupid. Bitch. 
Sorry. Yeah. No. Needed. Definitely. Scuba divers arrived at the location of where she rolled her vehicle. They recovered the vehicle and the bodies of the two young boys. Uh, Susan was immediately arrested. During her trial, her defense team used her depression and ugly childhood as the root of her actions. However, that did not convince the jury. And after deliberating for only two and a half hours on July 22nd, 1995, Susan was found guilty of two counts of first degree murder and life in Woo! prison. Amen. Uh, she is incarcerated at Leith Crush Correctional Institution in Greenwood, South Carolina. And she's been pretty naughty in jail. So she has been caught smoking illegal drugs. And even sleeping with correctional officers. Oh, wow. Well, that's also the correctional officers being pretty naughty, too. Exactly. Guys, well, prison those, system, y'all suck. They have actually, they were fired. Good. Luckily. So. <laughs> Not okay. Yeah. Susan wrote a letter to the state stating that she has to continue to def defend herself against lie after lie. Claiming she would never hurt her children and the thing that hurts her the most is that she would, they are saying that she would let a man come between her and her two children. So, yeah. And in November of 2024, she'll be eligible for parole at the age of 53. But how, what are the chances that she's going to get out? I have no idea. She needs to be under, if she gets out, she needs to be under serious, like, psychiatric. She, I really think that she needs to go somewhere where she can be like, watched. Like, I get, like, she had a really messed up childhood. Yeah. That's completely, yeah. I will give her that, but nothing should. She's still, she You still, should not do that. That's not okay. Oh she doesn't, God. she still has not taken blame for what she did. Yeah. And I think that's a don't. huge thing for parole. <sighs> yeah i just can't even imagine i was uh, i'm sorry no it's okay no no the listeners clearly want to hear about it <laughs> it was a good one it was, a it, good one. It was just her sad story is really sad it just and it just kept getting sadder and sadder her and story sadder. is really sad but the children who didn't get to have a story is even sadder so i hope you rot in jail lady i will i say hope you don't get parole it doesn't matter what your childhood is. No. It doesn't give you an excuse to act the way that you're acting. You always have a chance to change. Yeah. And if you have a mental disability or a disorder or whatever you want to call it, you have a chance to, to fix that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't fix it, but try to fix it. Yep. She didn't try to fix it. So... And but like and like you said, like mental disorders then were like a little bit more taboo. So yeah. like now it's there's nothing wrong with having something like going to therapy or Correct. talking to someone. Yeah. So I mean if you have a messed up childhood, then you should go talk to someone about yeah. it. And if you're having thoughts, then definitely go talk to someone about it. And Correct. stop listening to us, please. Yes. Because, yeah. I mean, I know someone. We have some pretty dark stories. I have someone that's really close to me that didn't have a great childhood. They were not treated very well by their parent. And that person I know is a is a great person, a great parent. Like overcame and it. They came it. They did not let it define them. And it didn't. They never make an excuse of how they act now. Right. So. Uh, 
at some point you have to take responsibility for your own actions. Right. So just two thoughts. <sighs> Do you have a neighborhood story for me? Yep. Oh. I forgot my this will unlock my computer. Oh. oh Alright. Cool. Who put the crab on the roof? The we crab? need answers. C R A B? Yep. That's crab. it? We need answers. We need answers. <laughs> Somebody put some crabs on the roof. Or a crab. Just one crab. Just one crab. Is it still living there? I need to. I have answers. <laughs> I need answers. I'm I have sorry. questions. I'm sorry. I should have researched <laughs> that one more. But, you know, sometimes it's fun to be left with a little bit of a mystery. That's what. The mystery of the crab on the roof. We need to know. Yep. Where's the crab? Where's the crab? Well, I got to get home to some making... Well, actually, Josh just Josh started dinner. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, I got to get home. Yeah, um, you've been here way too long. You know, it's it's good. I like hanging out with you. I like hanging out with you, too. You're fun. Uh, next time on What's With The Neighbors, hopefully we will be uh, staging the podcast studio, so... I thought you were going to tell us what stories we were doing. I was like, oh, please tell me. Next time on What's With The Neighbors. <laughs> Previously on What's With The Neighbors. <laughs> uh, so you know where to find us uh, on all the podcast streaming platforms. If you want to rate and review us, please do so. You could do that on iTunes and Spotify. Also follow us on all of our social medias. We are on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that's at WWTN Podcast. And uh, our website is whatswithaneighbors.com. And on there you can find a link for everything that she just mentioned, including a link to our Patreon and uh, merchandise. And our Patreon is www.tn. is patreon.com. Forward slash. Is www.patreon.com forward slash WWTN podcast. And on there, whatever, on there, if you want to be on the donor bus for $5 a month, you can get our uh, videos, our episodes in video form, unedited and exclusive content. And for $3 a month, you can get our audio episodes a couple days early, including exclusive content and magnets and magnets. Magnets. Yeah, you get a magnet for signing up. And if you feel free to slide into our DMs at wwtnpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your own personal true crime and paranormal stories. And I'm messing this all up. I think I need to look at my prompt again. You're good. That's perfect. You're <laughs> okay. doing great. And have you checked in on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bring Amy. Oh, wwwtnpodcast at gmail.com is um our i thought i email. said that oh did you say that oh maybe i don't know all right i i need to i need to get the, the thing out i'm we just need to put like a, a thing on the wall right there yep yeah all right goodbye everyone bring amy out oh yeah oh. bring amy out what's with the neighbors we've been here too long <laughs> <laughs> say hi to jerk. your cats off Meow. say hi to your cats for us <laughs> they're like quit talking over each other stop it everybody's like cringe good lord